I think it's so difficult when you desire something that you know is a overall a good thing and God has said that it is a good thing we we see so much of that and yet for reasons that I still don't understand he has not said yet that that is a good thing in my life right now and I just think there's so much wrestling that comes with that you're listening to God Hears Her a podcast for women where we explore the stunning truth that God hears you He sees you, and he loves you because you are his. Find out how these realities free you today on God Hears Her. Welcome to God Hears Her. I'm Erin Eddy. And I'm Elisa Morgan. When have you deeply desired something from God? Did you end up getting it? Or are you still waiting for that desire to be met? Today, we are talking with Brianna DeWitt, a young woman who has learned to trust God in the midst of her singleness, especially when that wasn't something she wanted. Brianna is open and honest about the pain that comes from the unexpected, whether it be a scary diagnosis or a different way of life than what we thought we'd live. Brianna DeWitt lives, bakes, and works in Grand Rapids, Michigan. You can find her spending time with her friends or young nieces and nephews, reading a book, or making a new dessert involving peanut butter and chocolate. (laughs) We're so excited for this honest conversation with Brianna. So Erin, we have a friend at the table with us today, and I know you've met her before. I have. Uh Uh-huh. I met her in 2019. Mm Mm-hmm. And we just put those two and two together because she's right here in front of me. Right here. Here she is. (laughs) This is Brianna DeWitt. We're going to talk with Brianna about her life, about her story, Mm -hmm. and about what shaped you and all the things. So tell us your story. You know, how did you grow up and where? Where are you from? Well, that's always such a big question. Tell me your story, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, that can go a variety of directions. But it can. I grew up in the West Michigan area. I went to Christian schools growing up and had a, just a really strong Christian base with my family. And then I attended a Christian college in the West Michigan area as well. And then I ended up getting a job in the West Michigan area. And so you're a West Michigan gal. Yes, yes. I am about as West Michigan as they come. I mean, that is a piece of my story in a lot of ways because obviously it's where I am rooted. But the older I've gotten, that can be a little bit complicated almost at times. I actually have thought a lot about this because there's this idea that you need to sort of be going places and Mm -hmm. seeking out all these exciting opportunities in different places and that you should live in different cities. And not that that's bad, of course, but I also think there's something to be said for if you are in a space that is good and healthy for you, it's not always a bad thing to stay there mm. either. So that's been said. You know, I, I have friends who have moved around a ton, and mm-hmm. I think that's so cool for them. And I have wondered, is it weird that I haven't done that? Yeah. But I think sometimes there is a lot of value in really rooting in where you are and learning to find the beauty that's in that and yeah. seeing the same people every week at church mm-hmm. and being in the same church for a long time and you know being in the same spaces for a long time I think there can be a lot of value in that too. Is this a lesson that you intentionally set out to learn and to invest yourself in or is it a lesson that came 
from a more unexpected rooting mm. of being in mm. one place. I would say more unexpected. There were, especially right out of college, I was just trying to find a job, essentially. Mm. And mm. so I applied for jobs in other places, but then nothing came of them. So it was sort of the the doors opened in the place that I am in. Mm. And I have not been someone who is saying, oh, I need to find all of the other possible doors wherever they might be and wherever they might be leading me. And again, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Sure. But for me, there were enough things falling into place where it seemed like this is where I was supposed to be. And I really like my family and Mm. they are still in this area. I have nieces and nephews and my Mm. oldest niece was born when I was a freshman in college. Wow. So... That was pretty major to me to be able to be a pretty constant presence in her life and the five rest of them that came along. That's been really important to me to be able to oh, you are. dig in in that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. And, and you're single? right now yeah so that yeah that's kind of another another piece of my story too so I love that question you asked of was it something that you intentionally sought out or was it something that kind of happened unexpectedly so growing up I sort of always thought I'll probably go to college and I'll probably meet someone in college or Mm -hmm. soon after yeah Mm -hmm. which a lot of people feel that pressure to do right that's a normal yeah yeah and and it wasn't for me it wasn't even so much of a a pressure even though I think that can be huge Mm. it was more of an no I would actually like that to yeah. happen <laughs> yeah. by the way yeah that would be in my plan right. yes. yeah. yeah well in yeah. even just the examples that I had around me my parents just celebrated their 40th wedding anniversary and mm. my grandparents have been really strong examples for me both of my siblings got married pretty young so I have kind of all of these strong examples of what a, mm-hmm. a healthy marriage can look like and yeah. the really good things that that can add to someone's life. Yeah. So it was something that I desired for myself. And then I graduated from college and there was no one in my life. And so I was like, well, that clearly didn't happen. And it's just sort of been continuing. It just hasn't happened. So I would not have thought that I would be sitting here and be 32 and single. So that has been a huge wrestling point between me and God, Mm -hmm. I would say. Probably one of the biggest ones of my life, really. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so difficult when you desire something that you know is a overall a good thing. And God has said that it is a good thing. Mm -hmm. We, We see so much of that. And yet... For reasons that I still don't understand, he has not said yet that that is a good thing in my life right now. Mm. And I just think there's so much wrestling that comes with that. Mm. Like for me, it's singleness, but other people experience that in in a variety of different ways. Mm -hmm. Other things. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we have had a lot of conversations about that. (laughs) I want to know what those conversations look like. What they sound like. What they sound like. How do they feel? I mean, for, I would say it definitely goes in kind of phases or seasons Mm -hmm. I I don't always feel the same way about it I that's honest I well I I have tried to still make good things out of my life like I mentioned I have nieces and nephews I I love being involved in their lives I really like my family I like getting to see them I've been really involved in my church and tried to keep that a really active part of my life so I've tried really hard to not just sit around Mm -hmm. and be sad about being single and at the same time there are times when I am sad about being single mm-hmm. and 
it is partly because it is something that I desire and it is missing in my life. Mm-hmm. And also there are some things that are that have just been really hard for me about being single, whether it's I have my own condo and sometimes there are projects that I can't really reasonably complete by myself. And so needing to ask for help in those things and in not having sort of that consistent partner presence mm-hmm. in my life, that is just one of the things that I have asked questions of God about. You know, that's a good example. Like you're trying to hang a picture yeah, and it's high up on the wall and you can handle getting a ladder and climbing up there, Brianna. I'm sure you can. You're very fit. But you get up there and you can't tell if it's straight (laughs) or you can't lift it up to where you are. and You just need another set of hands. Mm -hmm. Right. And that those examples can go on and on and on. Yep. I put together some Ikea furniture recently. Mm -hmm. Go girl. Go. (laughs) Yes. I I wrestled the TV stand together by myself. (laughs) You wrestled it. But it, it would have been easier yeah. with another person there right. there were a couple of points where i was like am right. i gonna break this before i even get it together oh, it, yeah and not just because you're mad right exactly <laughs> exactly that was a piece of it but it wasn't yeah. the whole piece <laughs> gotcha. but then but then i ordered bookshelves and that's a whole different level so i did i did call in some assistance oh, good, job. good job good job so so when you wrestle with feeling sad about it you know what are the emotions that hit you and roll over you and Mm -hmm. tackle you down I think comparison Mm. can really get me into a bad spot yeah Yeah. when it seems like other people have gotten the things that I (laughs) that I hope for in life and and again I think that is so true of people in all sorts of different situations and for me it happens to be in the area of singleness and I've always wanted to have kids and that has not happened in my life and so those are Mm -hmm. kind of the two major spaces Mm -hmm. for me but yeah the comparison thing doesn't help me at all and yet it's it's really hard to not do that yeah how do you help yourself move through it like you're on social media or you're getting the very next invitation to be a bridesmaid you know the 27 dresses thing Mm -hmm. or the baby shower or the you know your sister or I mean there's a million of them how do you help yourself through that yeah I try to not immediately shut down whatever that reaction is Mm -hmm. because that sadness is valid yeah it doesn't mean that I have to live in that sadness forever I can't let that yeah. take over me that's not helpful or healthy and I, I don't think that's what God wants for my life mm-hmm. for me to just sit in that all the time but I also don't want to ignore it mm-hmm. so yeah. there's a piece of sitting in it and then also trying to look for the celebration with people who they're really excited to be in whatever place that they're in and I want to genuinely be happy and excited for them because that is a huge thing that's happening yeah. in their life. And so, you probably are excited right, yeah, for them. Yeah. It's not There's like you don't a piece love of them. Me that's yeah. excited, yes. right? Yeah. But that's still so hard to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I mean, it really is. I mean, I remember after my divorce, it was really hard for me to be happy for other people that I saw something going on in their life that seemed so joyful and I was so sad, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. for me to choose joy for them. It's a selfless act, but it's hard. It's It's hard to do. It's a really tough tension to to try to hold. And I would say I rarely get that balance 
crap. <laughs> I don't know that. Where it feels he, good, right. But, but I don't yeah. know that humans are great at finding that perfect spot of balance yeah. there. But I, I do try. Yeah, you work at it. Sort of okay, and I'm going to dig in. So f- forgive me if this is too personal. But do you ever want to just take it in your own hands? Do you want to say, I'm just going to go have a baby? Or do you want to say, I'm just going to go online and find a guy? Or, okay, first, do you ever feel those feelings? And what do you do with them? Yeah, I think we often want to take situations into our own mm-hmm. control. <laughs> but with all of the the wrestling that I've done with the singleness in particular, I kind of keep coming back to, is it better to take something into my control and just go find a guy and try to marry him or do I truly believe that the life that God has for me whatever it ends up looking like is still better because Mm -hmm. life with God is I think ultimately better than what we might try to do on our own Mm -hmm. and again that's a really difficult thing to keep coming back to yeah and I also just have thought a lot about what is the point of marriage? Why do people bother getting married? <laughs> That's good. And the, Fair question. The, right? And yeah. the, the thing I come back to there is, well, I can love and serve and glorify God on my own. But I could also love and serve and glorify God being married. I, yeah. I, like I, with my family, I've seen so many wonderful examples of that mm. and, and outside of my family as well. So... It would be, I would say, wrong of me to get married just because I really want to if it is not ultimately going to let me love and serve and glorify God, not just as well as I could as a single person, but even better than I could as a single person because there was something about that person Mm -hmm. that made me better able to do that and him better able to do that and us as a couple better able to do that than we could on our own. Yeah. So how do you juggle that tension with somebody gave me a quote one time. They said, the Lord can't steer a ship with an anchor. Mm-hmm. Or drive a stalled car. Or yeah, there's some good examples like that. Yeah. So should you be moving kind of thing? How do you mm-hmm. balance that? I'm going to not take it into my own hands, but I'm also going to move my feet in a direction while still involving the Lord. That's a tension that I've not learned how to dance mm-hmm. at all. I feel like I, mm-hmm. I come at the crossroads with different parts of that dance of different parts of my life, but I'm curious, what would you say? Well, I have seen some sort of joking memes about how you're probably not going to find a person if you just only stay at home and hope <laughs> that the pizza delivery person is your right. person. <laughs> And not that there's anything wrong and with dating. And he might be. Uh, right, yeah. right. Also, dating a pizza delivery person. You know, yeah. might take that. And so mm. I I think there is a little bit of attention mm. in trying to not yeah. fully take things into your own hands. And yet... There Pull are the lots, anchor up. Right, yeah. There, mm. there are lots of situations in our lives where if you are sick, you can and should be praying about it. Yeah. And also, hopefully, you are seeking some sort of medical attention to address that. And... I think that God would be fine with that. So I think trying to meet new people in whatever ways that looks like, because that mm-hmm. could end up being someone 
that I might end up with. Yeah. I think that is a totally fine Mm -hmm. thing to be doing. And I think there are healthier spaces to do that in than others, perhaps. But I do think there is still an action component to it. That's not necessarily Mm -hmm. saying I'm the one who's fully in control of this. Yeah. 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 You have some very intentional thinking that you've done, you know, and, yeah. and I can I can hear it, you know, as we ask the question about is this something that came out of original intentionality or developed intentionality, you <laughs> right. know, from the unexpected. And I so appreciate your honesty, and I appreciate the passion that you're exhibiting, and I also appreciate that it's not always like that. <laughs> you know, so yes. there, you're describing your original family as one where your parents are married for a long time, your grandparents were married for a long time, your sibling, you know, is, is in an established marriage. How did they respond? What I really appreciate about my family is that I think because of the journey that I have been on with my own singleness, they have come along for some of that. There are some types of things that they may be used to say, language like when you get married or when you have kids. And Mm -hmm. we have shifted to more if you get married Mm -hmm. or if you have kids. And, And I think that's that's helpful language for anyone to be using and even in the conversations I have with my nieces and nephews they'll sometimes make comments like oh aunt b what about when you get married and I always want to be like well yeah we certainly hope so (laughs) right but trying to use more of that if type language so it yeah it has been interesting to see kind of the journey that I think some of my family members have been on as I've been on my own journey and Also, I guess I don't know for sure. My parents have said things kind of along these lines is that it is hard to see someone that you love so much not getting the thing that they deeply want when it's something, you know, a good godly desire. So I don't know fully what it has been like for them, but I think there's probably been some tension for them to just seeing a kid Mm-hmm. struggling in, in whatever space that might be. Mm-hmm. But for me, it has happened to be mm-hmm. in in this space. And one aspect of my story that is a more recent thing. So in the fall of 2019, I was diagnosed with endometriosis, which mm-hmm. is a condition where cells that are supposed to behave like cells that live, live in your uterus, they grow in other spaces in your body. And I was diagnosed with it because I was having a lot of pain and the way that it happened, I ended up being diagnosed. And then not very long after I ended up in the hospital for a few days with really intense pain from that. And then in April of 2020, so when our whole state of Michigan was completely shut down, I ended up having surgery for that. So that has been another kind of major thing to wrestle with and going through that as a single person without sort of one specific person. Yes. Not that my family and friends haven't been supportive. From the other side of things, I imagine it is maybe a little bit different to have just one, like your core person Mm -hmm. who's there to be really supportive through that. And my my mom was able to help me out when I had the surgery and stayed with me for a few Mm. days and helping me and everything like that. so sweet. And at the same time, I still spent a decent amount of time alone and just because of the time when it happened. And even that was hard because that wasn't what I thought that experience was going to look like, even though I knew the experience was not going to be fun. (laughs) But 
I'd already had some plans in my head. Well, all oh, some friends can come. We can we can watch movies. Yeah, and you know just hang and out. Then that and, didn't happen, right? And yeah. it, and th- even that experience ended up looking so different mm-hmm. than I thought that it was going to, and so that whole journey has been kind of another layer on on top of the singleness journey, and it's wrestling with it. On my own, that's a piece of it. And also just endometriosis is really complicated. And it can have unknown effects into my future that I that I won't know about while I'm sitting here today. And those sorts of future questions loom really big. Mm-hmm. And they tell me that the wrestling isn't going to stop anytime soon. That's right. Yeah. You know, Brianna, thank you for sharing that. And, you know, covid I think was in so many ways the hardest for children and for singles yeah. because you really get stuck alone. And my brother has been single most of his life and it was very hard for him. The endometriosis, if I can, I had that as mm-hmm. well. And my husband and I were unable to have children biologically because of some other issues. But I'm just going to be straight up. I could not believe that I had to deal with that on top of not being able to have children. And so I'm just sitting here in empathy with you. You would love to have children. You would love to be married. And endometriosis is a very complicated disease that can affect our future ability to have children. But beyond that is incredibly painful. And it's such a flippant hassle. You know, so I really, I really am sorry. And I guess I'm wondering, you know, how have you coped with the... You said a layer on top of, and that's exactly it. How do you cope with that emotion of maybe anger, frustration? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for saying that. And I I always appreciate meeting someone else who has some firsthand experience. Well, and it's part of the reason why I'm even talking about this, Mm -hmm. honestly. Yeah. Because when I was diagnosed, I felt so alone. I had heard of maybe one or two yeah, people. people don't talk yeah, about they it. They don't talk no, about it. It's, it's such so... an awkward thing to even talk about it. Even yeah. as I was describing what it is, I'm like, oh, well, I probably just turned people off because <laughs> it's a really uncomfortable thing to talk about. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that's why people don't. But even from when I was kind of first diagnosed, I had this feeling that at some point, I wasn't ready right then, but mm-hmm. at some point... I need to start talking about it more yeah. so that hopefully fewer people would be in my shoes. And feel less alone. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Saying, oh, I've never even heard of this thing. How do I even pronounce this word that they told me I have? I don't know of anyone. And so that's part of the reason why I'm even talking about it. And it's not because I'm super comfortable talking about it because (laughs) it's super awkward to talk about. Yeah, Yeah. But I think it's really important to do that. Yeah. So first of all, I I just wanted to say that. But it has been really difficult because the singleness piece has been such a big thing that I've asked God questions about. Yeah. And then to have something that feels like it is just adding to those same types of questions but in a slightly different way yep and if I could think about all of the different sorts of things that can go wrong with the body and obviously there are many many of them I think I described it to a friend around the time my diagnosis is it just feels like a particular attack Mm -hmm. of the type of diagnosis that it was and it's a question that I keep coming back to. I don't have a good answer for it. And I I want to be able to sit here and say, 
oh, yeah, you know, God has shown up for me in these huge ways throughout it. <laughs> and, and and I have seen God, I would say, especially through mm. the people who have cared for me in, in a variety of ways, whether it's people like my mom and dad showing up for me physically when I had surgery or other people just being really supportive through cards and support like that. So I have seen God show up for me in that way. And yet there's a piece of me that wishes that God would do a really big thing. Mm-hmm. And you hear those types of stories sometimes from people, whether they're going through an intense medical situation or a really intense grief of another sort. And they will say that they had never felt like God was closer. And that so far has not been my experience. What's been your experience? I would say it has been more of being able to look back mm-hmm. and see the way that being single this long, this was not my plan. And then I can see that God has still carried me through it. Mm-hmm. It's not always been fun or particularly easy. And yet I still fully believe that he was with me and continues to be with me. And it is recognizing the gift of the people that I have in my life. Yeah. Maybe it's not the exact shape that I still hope for but I do have a lot of wonderful people in my life and it sounds almost bad to say those small things I'm sorry family and friends if you're listening to this and being like oh I'm a small thing in her life (laughs) and that's that's not what I mean by not at all no it's, it's not sort of this this massive presence that you sometimes hear people talk about, yeah. it has been kind of in the smaller things. Yeah. 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 You're really having to dig around and scratch through to discover mm-hmm. little buds of, of, of hope. That's yeah. how it feels. Has there been a moment in your life where you have just not cried and asked the Lord, why aren't you not giving me the things that I desire? Oh, only all the time, Erin. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> That's it. And in those moments, have you experienced any comfort from him or have you been met with still feeling a sting of loneliness. Mm. One of the stories from the Bible that I have kept coming back to and is a way that I think God has given me some comfort in my more difficult times is the story of Joseph, which might Hmm. sound a little bit odd, but one of the things that I find so comforting about that is when you look at the chunk of the book of Genesis that covers Joseph's story, it is a large chunk. It really is. Because when we start with Joseph, we don't have his exact age, but presumably he is fairly Mm -hmm. young Mm -hmm. and we follow him through until he is an old man and then he passes away. Mm -hmm. And there are pieces of his story. I mean, his his brothers threw him in a well and then yeah. literally sold him. Yep. Yeah. And then he ended up sitting in prison for a sort of unidentified amount of time. But we know it was quite a while. Mm-hmm. And I don't know for sure what Joseph was thinking when he was in prison. But I suspect it may be some of the same sorts of questions that mm-hmm. I have asked God. Mm-hmm. of Why are you doing this to me? How can this be happening? Mm-hmm. And eventually Joseph saw some of the redemption from that moment. And I think that we don't always see the redemption in our lifetimes. And I I don't know if I will. I don't know that I will be able to say when I am hopefully many years later from now, oh yeah, God used endometriosis in my life in this huge way. Mm. Maybe I will be able to say that. And, And I think in ways when things are really difficult, it does 
force us back to God. At least hopefully it does that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that he has used it in some ways because of that. Yeah. But the story of Joseph just shows mm. sometimes it takes a long time mm. to be able to see what God is doing. Yeah. And there's something comforting about that and being able to read a story like that and be able to hear other people's stories of the ways that maybe God's redemption took a long time to show up, mm-hmm. but it did happen. And I think there's a lot of comfort in that and being able to return to those types of stories. Mm. And probably the best known scripture for Joseph's story is right at the end of his story. Do, do you remember it is about, mm-hmm. you know, my brothers meant it for. Yep. My brothers meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It creates an arc mm-hmm. over all of our lives for the hard, hard things. Yeah. Would you say it's hard to be vulnerable to the things that you hope for and fear Mm -hmm. that if you express what you truly hope for, you won't get them and you'll be met with that disappointment? Mm. I think I have always been fairly open Mm -hmm. with my desires in being single. And I don't entirely know why that is. I mean, maybe there's a teeny piece of me being like, oh, maybe someone will read my blog post and they'll yeah. be like, oh, I have a friend. And, you know, maybe there's a, maybe there's a piece uh-huh. of that living in there. Sure. Well, that's just I mean, smart. That's just right? smart. Again, <laughs> you know. It's being creative with other ways. Right? Yeah. You know, yeah. taking some action or mm-hmm. putting things out there. But especially with talking about my story of endometriosis partly because it's so much more Mm -hmm. recent and Mm. it I mean I am still single so that is ongoing as well Mm. but that feels more intensely ongoing in a different way Mm -hmm. and so I wasn't really ready to talk about it very much at first and it wasn't even until I ended up in the hospital for it And all of a sudden I had disappeared from life for three days. And I kind of had to start telling people about it. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Like, oh, mm -hmm. well, I'm not going to be at work. Yeah. (laughs) Here's why. And that was difficult, but I didn't really have a choice in that moment because I had to tell people I wasn't going to be there. Mm. But thinking of me feeling really alone when I first found out about it, I think has sort of helped me to try to become a little more willing to talk about it because I just think there's a lot of power in sharing stories, whether they're they're stories of the really tough stuff or Mm -hmm. stories of the ways that you are seeing God show up in your life or the ways that he showed up in your life 10 years ago. I just think there's, there can be so much comfort in sharing those stories. So it has been difficult, but I think I believe strongly enough in it Mm -hmm. that I have been willing to push through some of that uncomfortability yeah, of, yeah. of saying the hard things. Like Elisa said, you're so intentional with your thought process and the choices that you make. It's just really admirable. Well, thank you. But I, I will say that was definitely not something that I started out with. <laughs> I think I think part of my intentionality has been forced mm. because I had to come up with answers of sure. why has this not happened for and me. Answering other people's questions that they have over your life. Yeah. That's yeah, hard. Of that and also answering my own questions yeah. about my own life. So it was definitely something that I was forced into over time, not yeah. something that I would have said 10 years ago yeah. had we been you having know, this conversation. To that point... I wonder if we could ask you to talk to your 
20-year-old self, mm-hmm. just for a few minutes. I mean, we all wish we kind of had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. But could you talk to your 20-year-old self, and there's probably some 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds and 80-year-olds, you know, <laughs> listening right now, about this. What advice would you give yourself to make your way through the mm-hmm. next decade? Be open to the ways that life is going to look different than you thought it would, whether that's actual situations in life that happen to you or in the ways that God shows up. And I have a different perspective now than I did when I was 20 on the ways that God works and the ways that God moves and even how big God is. When I was 20, I think I thought God was smaller than he is or certainly than I think he is now because I grew up in Christian spaces but that was sort of one perspective that I had seen and I have been able to see and experience more of that in this time and there's just something so valuable about being open to that and being open to being surprised by life and by God. I just love that Brianna was willing to share her story with us. If you have similar struggles as her, we hope that this conversation helps you to know that you are not alone. We're so thankful that Brianna took a step forward to open up a conversation about having endometriosis and the impact that it's had on her life. Before we close out today's episode of God Hears Her, we want to remind you that the show notes are available in the podcast description and a link to the God Hears Her blog where you can find posts written by Brianna. There's also connections for Aaron and me on social. You can find these links when you visit our website at godhearsher.org. That's godhearsher.org. Thank you for joining us. And don't forget, God hears you. He sees you and he loves you because you are his. Today's episode was engineered by Ann Stevens and produced by Daniel Ryan Day and Jade Gustafson. We also want to recognize Londa and Ryan for all of their help and support. Thanks, everyone. God Hears Her is a production of Our Daily Bread Ministries.